All right, uh, welcome back to the Grasshoppers uh, Patriot Podcast. Uh, this is uh, Jason. Um, all right, I'm kind of on the go here, um, kind of in the car. I'm not moving, I'm trying to be safe. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, uh, I was listening to some radio this morning uh, to Glenn Beck. And uh, some other things the last couple days. And uh, the thing I want to talk about today is, uh, is federalism. It's, it's the concept of uh, sovereign states. States' rights. The states' right to uh, serve any function or have the to serve any function or have the authority to do things that are not uh, enumerated to the federal government in the U.S. Constitution, and that is the way that it's supposed to that it's supposed to work. The Constitution isn't supposed to to state the things that the federal government is allowed to do. It's supposed. I mean. I'm sorry, scratch that. It's not... It only is supposed to state what the federal government is allowed to do. Uh, in other words, if it doesn't state that Congress has the constitutional authority to do you know, X, Y, or Z, then they don't have the authority to do that. And... Anything regarding that goes back to the states. So, <clears throat> basically, the Constitution lays out in the amendments in the Bill of Rights, it lays out the things that government absolutely cannot do because of the infringement on God given rights. And also, states exactly what the three branches of government are allowed to do legally. Keep in mind, the Constitution is our founding document, but it's also the supreme law of the land. Nothing trumps the Constitution. <laughs> no pun intended there. Um, the Constitution trumps everything unless the Constitution is changed or revised via the amendment process. That's kind of a long uh, issue. Uh, I'm not going to go into it here because I'm trying to concentrate on the one thing. But the Constitution is... The ultimate law, supreme law of the land in this country. So unless you're able to jump through all the hoops that you have to jump through in order to change the Constitution, which it's a long drawn out process and requires a lot of support, um, then you have to at least abide by the Constitution and, and its contents. Uh, 
states have the authority that are that is not given to the federal government. On the other hand, states cannot go and violate other constitutional rights and then go and scream that, you know, states' rights, states' rights. I, I see that happen too often. It's kind of like some of these states that have these draconian gun laws. Um, then they come back and they say, well, well, that's supposed to be a, it's a sovereign state thing. It's states' rights. Well, technically, no, because the states still, the states still have to abide by the Constitution. That is still the supreme law of the land that they have to follow. That's why we're a united states. So the states cannot just go rogue and do whatever, whatever they want whatever they want being, you know, violating people's rights. They cannot do that. But legislatively, for the most part, as far as law, I I mean, as long as they're not stepping on anybody's rights, they can pretty much, they have a pretty, uh, a pretty broad spectrum of things that they can do as a sovereign state. Now, I keep hearing this talk a lot more recently about like a, a peaceful uh, separation or peaceful divorce um, amongst the red and the blue states and what that type of thing would look like. Um, I, you know, I, I find it fascinating that I find it fascinating that whenever there's a Republican president, Democrats are 100% anti-government, but whenever there's a Democrat president, they worship the ground Uncle Sam walks on. Um, that just goes to show you how how deep the divide is. And it's really difficult because we're a United States because we united on a certain um, set of principles, a certain set of morals and principles, a Judeo-Christian principles. You know, you can argue that, you know, until whenever, but that is 100% true. We're, we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And those that founded the colonies that eventually became America that they were uh, deeply deeply religious people as were most of our founders um but we were united under this set of principles and now everything is so polar opposite um on the two sides of the two extremes so much stuff it, it's just hard to reconcile so well then people talk about oh well we can just say you know allow the red states to to go and 
um, and I'll go into nullification in a minute, but, um, because that, that's basically the key here without having to, um, do any type of, um, divorce or any type of legal separation or anything like that. But, and we'll go into that in a second, but, uh, the point I wanted to try to make is there are things where we're all linked. Like when you talk like the Supreme court, Supreme court, hears cases that kind of make it, make their way up the ladder and go through the different courts, the different appellate courts, the different circuit courts. And eventually it, if it continues to, uh, to be appealed, it can eventually end up at the Supreme Court. Now, it's the Supreme Court's um, choice as to which cases they hear. But if you're going to have a state that doesn't want to be part of the federal government, I'm, and once again, I'm not talking nullification. I'm talking about wanting to totally separate from... You're not able to fully access that judicial system or that third branch of government because um, our judicial system, yeah, we have local courts and we have state courts and we have state Supreme Courts, but, you know, ultimately in order for the whole thing to work as it should, we have to have it all work together. And that means that you always need to have the option to appeal and to take it to a higher court. Well, when you get to a certain point, you know, that goes into the federal realm. And it, it was just one of the things I thought that, you know, you can't just have a state go and say, Oh yeah, well, we're just going to do our own thing now because then it not only, uh, ignores constitutional, uh, rights, but on top of that, you take your third branch of government and you kind of throw it into disarray um, but as I said, I wanted to talk about nullification. Now, this is a hundred percent. I'm legitimate. It's not really outlined in the Constitution, but it was recognized by the founders. Um, it's basically, you know, constitutional rights. Um, the Constitution was written. Because it was, it wanted to recognize rights that we have from God, rights that we have uh, because we were born into this world and because we are children of God. And we have these rights. Um, the idea is that our rights come from God, not from government, which is why all of these new rights that they continue to. Uh, uh, roll out and try to encourage uh, are, are so dangerous because any right that the government gives you, they can also take that right away. So you have to be very careful uh, when it comes to uh, allowing a government to dictate what rights are and what rights that they're going to allow you to have because that's never going to end well for you or for the citizenry in general. Um, all right, so nullification 
If a state recognizes that a federal law is unconstitutional, then that state, through its legislature, can vote and can nullify said federal law, exempting them from that law. I, I know that that sounds like it's pretty, uh, pretty extreme or pretty harsh, but in this day and age, you know, you have to give the sovereign states more power than what they're being allowed. Um, the problem is today, the Constitution is viewed by so many people as being... The, the interpretations of it are ridiculous. And um, I feel like people basically make it mean what they want it to mean. So it does kind of muddy the waters a little bit there. But um, the state, the states have to have this option because there are times when the federal government oversteps and this nullification or this, uh, um, nullification by the states of federal law. Now that do doesn't mean that you just nitpick things that you don't like and then just go through and nullify them. They have to be in violation of the, what is stated in the constitution. But it's important that we get back to this because the federal government is not perfect. Um, state governments are not perfect, but state governments legally have the authority, as I said, to do a lot more than what the federal government does. So the state governments have to have this option. And I think rather than... Uh, trying to separate ourselves based on ideology, I think that it's just important that we recognize the right of states to, um, to nullify um, federal law when it does step on constitutional rights. Now, the response to what I'm suggesting it needs to be recognized by both sides. And, you know, federal government just needs to go and be like, okay, you know, you think then, okay, do what you do as a state. And that's not even really the case anymore. They're not even recognizing um, the sovereignty of states. But a lot of people would respond <clears throat> to what I'm suggesting. <clears throat> Uh, they would respond by referencing what they call the Supremacy Clause. Supremacy Clause of the Constitution basically states that federal law um, always uh, supersedes, you know, any local or state law. Now, while that is in there and that is true, there's an important part of that that is always left out. And the part of the supremacy clause that is generally left out because leaving it out completely changes the context of what it says. 
The part that is left out states, in pursuance thereof, and is referencing here the Constitution. In pursuance thereof, the Constitution. Meaning that federal law supersedes state and local law only if that um, only if that particular law is in pursuance thereof. If it so, basically. Um, it still has to be constitutional. Um, it still has to be... Um, and if you look... Um, it, up any information on the Supremacy Clause um, of the Constitution, you, you know, you can see this. You won't see a lot about in pursuance thereof. You just don't see a lot. Um, but it's because that part is purposely kept out of the claims that, oh, the federal uh, government's laws always supersede state and local. That is true on the very surface. But as a lot of other things in the Constitution, you know, there, there are nuances there and there is context that sometimes is omitted in order to, you know, push along a narrative or push along, um, you know, whatever they're trying to, to sway the public opinion at that point in time. So basically, um, federal law or the federal government doesn't just have the ability to go make even if it does pass through Congress and signed by the president, even if it is, because basically just because it goes through Congress and it's voted for and then the president signs it, that doesn't mean that just because it's declared by that majority in government that that's what we have to go by if it violates constitutional rights. Once again, those rights come from God, not from government. So if the government goes rogue, which I think a lot of us can argue that our government has pretty much went rogue. Um, if the government ever were to do that, the states always had the option <clears throat> to nullify nullification and nullifying the federal law it is a thing go onto a search engine look it up read on it because it is a real thing and it is a real thing that were recognized that was recognized by our founders and uh, it's perfectly constitutional it's a way for states to uh keep the government honest, keep the federal government honest. And uh, I think it's important that people be aware of this, of this stuff, because, <clears throat> you know, knowledge is all we have. It's all we have 
against what's going on right now. We have knowledge. Well, we have God first, but then we have knowledge. And, you know, if we continue to allow ourselves to be deceived, then, you know, the, as they say, the, the devil is a liar. And uh, he's not going to stop lying, but we have to be able to recognize the lies and recognize the mistruths and the disinformation when we see it. We can't, we can't um, be misinformed. We can't, but we also can't be ignorant. We have to be able to distinguish between what's real, what's true, and what is being put out there to manipulate the masses. I just thought this was an important subject. Uh, I think that nullification needs to be uh, needs to be out there, and it needs to be it needs to be recognized not only by those that would nullify um, draconian uh, federal laws, but also needs to be recognized by the federal government um, and have them adopt a, you know, live and let live type of type of view on things to where, you know, if, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think that would happen because they intend, they obviously have an intent to impose their will on everyone, but um, we really need both sides to recognize this and, you know, say, you know, if that's what that state wants to do, then under the 10th Amendment, you know, the states uh, have that authority, which is not granted to the federal government and the Constitution. And I think that we need to have people recognize that. Uh, Ninth and 10th Amendment, uh, nullification, it's just some buzzwords. Just go out there and look this stuff up. Look this stuff up. Uh, get a little bit of info on it. I mean, I, I just gave you some stuff to start with. Look up some info on this. You know, get out there. Talk to people about it. Don't be afraid to talk about politics. We have to talk about politics. Politics and religion, even though that's been thrown out there to be some kind of a taboo these days. We have to talk politics and religion because... Um, the, the very fabric, the very foundation of America, of this whole country, are the, the whole thing is just going to be absolutely ripped to shreds and destroyed if we don't start becoming comfortable with talking to people about uncomfortable subjects. We have to talk about uncomfortable subjects. We can't avoid things that are hard to talk about because the things that are hard to talk about are the things that need to be talked about. And we can't hold back. We have to get out there and really be uh, of the voice of reason. Those that um, open minds, free thinkers. Um, now that doesn't mean go around, you know, talking uh, crazy, uh, unsubstantiated uh, theories or whatever. Um, but, you know, educate yourself and be able to actually articulate 
whatever it is that you're educated on. Be able to articulate that and deliver whatever that information is to your neighbor, <clears throat> uh, to your parents, to your your siblings, to your cousins, to your aunts and uncles. <clears throat> it really is a an opportunity, especially with those that, that actually know us, like family that know us well, or old friends. You have to get out there and you have to talk about the things that are uncomfortable. Now, there is a certain way to do it, but you've got to... You've got to find a way to do it and do it comfortably. And uh, it's more than likely, it's more likely to be, it's going to be easier to do it with people that know you and that know what kind of person you are so that, um, so that it's more comfortable for them to engage in those subjects. But we got to get out there. We got to start talking to people. You know, just get the info out there, you know, do reading. Um, I don't read so much books anymore. I'm just constantly reading the updated stuff, the stuff online, because, you know, books are still great, but books are always, you know, several months or several years behind on information. Um, but anywhere you can get information, even from older books, um, I, I read books from philosophers and from like psychologists and psychiatrists from like the 50s and 60s. There, there's great information in there. Um, just about things in general, just, just keep on it and uh, just continue to spread the word. Just get out there and and make people think. It's one thing is people in this day and age, people have just forgotten how to think. They don't want to think for themselves. And they're putting their trust and belief in entities that, in entities that are, are not credible. Entities like the FDA, the CDC, once uh, trusted institutions that right now really have no credibility whatsoever. So um, until next time, um, I'm still going to try to get to the um, one of the vaccines. Um, I want to go try to gather some information on that first. Uh, so I've got some stuff in front of me. I just kind of did this one on the fly just because I felt like uh, I felt like it was important um, just to get this thing about about the nullification because I just think it's an important subject. Um, so until next time, Grasshoppers, uh, Patriot Podcast. Um, see you next time.